0: And welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for our, and hopefully your, amusement. I am your, I think I made a wrong turn down this corridor host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann.
1: Hello, Gary.
0: (laughs) Now... Uh, as part of my housekeeping notes, I have written here that you are now able to find all of our episodes for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the podcast providers you utilize.
1: Yay! Woo!
0: Exactly. Just type in Within the Mist in the search bar to open access to any number of the stories we have shared about the supernatural.
1: Open access?
0: Open. Yes, that means that you can. You don't have to listen to them in order.
1: I meant, is that a pun?
0: Not that I'm aware of.
1: For this episode?
0: No. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate how many of our listeners have come back to hear our podcast, and you enable us to create and share tales about what we love, mainly being monsters and ghosts. So thank you for your feedback, and hope you all tell us how we are doing by providing feedback on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. As a disclaimer, I did want to point out that this episode does deal with ghosts and possibly a haunted house. It may be too much for children, so please use your discretion uh, And as you're playing this. Now, you are trying to lead into the synopsis of today's episode, but I think a better fitting is to describe that The first glimpse of the Winchester mansion provides proof that this is not the usual home. It has multiple spires stained glass windows and it's 24,000 square foot. And it seems to go on and on. And if you go inside this house, there are rooms and stairways that are similar to an eicher drawing hallways resemble a labyrinth with unexpected twists and turns. Well, the house has been a tourist attraction since 1923 uh, but was on um, the house has been a tourist attraction since 1923. But the purpose for this house has been suggested that it was meant to confuse ghosts attempting to seek refuge on Sarah Winchester, heiress to the Winchester Rifle Fortune, a fortune made of blood money. And are you familiar with Sarah Winchester?
1: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite, favorite stories. I love it.
0: Well, good, then. I've
1: always wanted to go there. We need to go there.
0: So do you want to take the lead on this one?
1: No, you can. You're good at it. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I'm right. just a sidekick.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> all right. As a sidekick, then you probably already know, but to our listeners, uh, Sarah Winchester was born as Sarah Pardee and was born in New Haven, Connecticut in 1839. She was the one of the daughters to a wealthy and respected carpenter business owner. And as a bit of trivia, do you know what Sarah's nickname was no ah see uh, you're not the expert Uh, i
1: was an expert
0: okay well sarah was actually nicknamed sally and was commonly referred to this as she was growing up uh, after a family member who had recently passed away just before she was born but all the documentation about the winchester house uh, addresses her as sarah so that's what we're going to do during this podcast but actually in real life she was usually called sally
1: Uh, No, I've never heard that. I just heard Sarah. Correct. So Sally is her real name?
0: No, Sally is the nickname she had as a child after a family member who passed away. And so everyone called her Sally. The name just stuck.
1: Never heard that. Interesting.
0: Well, I never actually met her, so I never had a chance to ask her. I I
1: haven't either. I never called her Sally.
0: No. Well, (laughs) we're going to call her Sarah in this podcast because that's what all the documentation calls her. Um, And it states that As she was growing up the neighbors across the street were actually the Winchester family and though you know young Sarah did not play much with the children then she was an introvert and she spent most of her time in the home rather than the bustling streets and shops so she had the opportunity to grow up with the Winchester family but she spent most of her time indoors with her father and she really enjoyed his work as a carpenter. And was very fascinated, especially when he started working in Victorian style. Awesome. However, both sets of fam- both sets of family became very good friends.
1: I actually, never really thought of her being before as a Winchester. I, I just, I don't know. That's that's interesting. That it's just that she's not an actual Winchester, right? And <laughs> and, and
0: some of these notes are going to come into play with some of the facts that I'm going to point out. Because Sarah was very intelligent, and she was fascinated with carpentry and design. She loved the beauty and ingenuity of his work, and especially the Victorian styles. She grew up in her family home until she completed her college education at Yale. So she has a college degree with Yale. And the Pardee family and the Winchester family uh, continued on with their friendship to the point that the two fathers arranged her marriage to a William Winchester, ah, and even though it was an arranged marriage, the two proved to be very much in love with one another. Okay, I was
1: about to say, weren't they? Can't have a love story.
0: It's a love. It's actually a very strong love story, because William, who was very educated and had a keen business mind, the couple married in 1862, which unfortunately was in the middle of the Civil War and a home for the young couple was being built by the families and the newlyweds had to stay with the winchesters while waiting its completion unfortunately during the time that the early part of their what marriage sarah started experiencing tragedy after tragedy that played into the winchester mystery house okay and it all started in 1864 only 2 years after the after their marriage started that annie William's older sister died during childbirth, and it devastated both William and Sarah as Sarah became very close to the Winchester family.
1: Well, yeah, she grew up with him. That's kind of sad.
0: Yeah, And it gets worse because in June of 1866, Sarah gave birth to her own daughter, which they named in honor of Annie. So they had their own baby Annie. However, they began to have fears that this name brought on a curse to the baby girl because it turned out that Annie, the baby, was unable to process nourishment and began to lose weight. She perished in July from starvation after only one month of age. Sarah became even more reclusive and shunned any social engagements while William buried himself in work. Hmm. That's
1: kind of different. I was named after my father's sister who died when she was a baby. Okay. So, but I I honestly don't know what she died from. So that was
0: but you get to hold her name and yes. that's the, that's what they would hope with uh for their baby Annie, yeah. but Sarah lost her too young. So now she's lost a, a older sister that she had grown to adore and her own daughter. And in fact, William and her never had any any additional children after that. Ugh. William started getting more and more focused on his work and he was primed to run the family clothing business but his father had also purchased what was called a volcanic arms company which means they build revolvers nice they hired a mechanic named benjamin t henry and he was brought on to develop a new type of rifle that could perform like a revolver so instead of being single shot this one could be a repeating rifle in fact He invented what became known as the Winchester rifle that could fire 15 rounds in 15 seconds.
1: Ah, the the Winchester repeating arms.
0: Correct. And William took over the marketing for this new rifle and started to travel across the country and overseas. And he was soon so successful that he left the clothing company and just focused on the rifle. William and Sarah were apart for much of this time, and she spent most of her time with the Winchester family. Unfortunately, her father passed away in 1869 from spinal disease, three years after the death of her newborn. Oh, and, and this time, she didn't have the support of her husband, who was away at the time. And the Winchester rifle continued to prosper, even though the personal tragedy of Sarah's life. As the country was expanding out west, the rifle became more and more prominent to defend homesteaders and provide law to the Wild West. So the family was making a fortune, estimated to be about $3 million at the time, which is equal to about $75 million today. Nice. But it was also connected to thousands of deaths. The couple was making great strides together to try and have a happy life, even working together on construction of a new home, However, in May of 1880, Sarah lost her mother and then her father-in-law in in December of the same year. Mm. Unfortunately, the worst was yet to come because next year, in 1881, her husband, and the love of her life, William, died of tuberculosis at the age of 43. So now we have Sarah, who's a 41-year-old widow, who had so much death around her that it almost seemed as if Sarah was cursed. Wow. Sarah was actually worth approximately $500 million by, the, by today's standards at her age of 41, but she was made miserable by the multiple deaths in her personal life and the wealth that she was responsible for from earning gained on the popularity of the Winchester Rifle. So to escape all of this, Sarah traveled to Europe from some time, touring the countries, taking in art and Victorian architecture, and then she returned back in 1884. Her eldest sister, Mary, passed away. So the belief of a curse gained even more strength to Sarah herself.
1: Wow. Sarah, a lot of this was brought on herself, because, I mean, people do die.
0: Yes, but it, to Sarah, it seemed like everyone that she loved was passing away too soon, and she kind of was out of control right so in order to offset this sarah turned to the advice of a medium which at this time a great field of spirituality was undergoing a lot of people believed that spirits could travel between heaven and earth and if you talk to a spirit a medium or a psychic you could communicate with your dead loved ones right so sarah did this and the medium informed her that her husband was attempting to reach her. He had a message from her husband that she needed to move as far away from Connecticut as possible to escape the evil spirits. These were spirits that had been killed by the Winchester rifle and wanted revenge. They were chasing after her now. So not only that, she needed to start work on a project, a house construction like none other. At this meeting with this spiritualist, she was told that she had to build a house and the work could never be completed or else the evil spirits would catch her and kill her.
1: Hmm. So this was a new house. This wasn't the house they lived in.
0: No, the house they lived in was in Connecticut. And she was told she had to leave Connecticut and get as far away as she could. Okay. So she traveled across the country to California to start work on her new project. In what is now known the Silicon Valley area, she found an abundance of land, and she selected an eight-bedroom ranch-style home on a 45-acre property. So, very nice, but not exactly extravagant.
1: Eight bedrooms? Yes. That's not extravagant? I think she should have started with a one-bedroom studio and went from there.
0: Okay, but she was worth $500 million, so yeah. I don't think she would know what to do with a one-bedroom studio. True. But what she could do with an eight-bedroom ranch was she hired two architects to implement her plans for the home. However, there was a lot of disagreements between her architects and herself, so it led to her firing them and she took over the design of the house herself. Even though she had no experience and no actual formal training in architecture or design, she was doing this all completely based on herself. She hired 22 carpenters who then built for 24 hours a day over the next 38 years.
1: That's insane. I mean, they had to work really slow.
0: Well, there was a lot of people. And as you can see, remember the eight bedrooms. Within the first 10 years, the house grew to seven stories. So they added six more stories onto the house and they're... Some of the additions that they had were passageways that were like a labyrinth to obscure rooms. There were stairways that climbed up and then just abruptly ended at ceilings. There were doors that opened and led to a solid wall. And it was incredibly simple and easy to get lost here. But some believe that that was just the reason Sarah had designed it to do. Sarah had a plan That she was going to baffle vengeful ghosts who would get lost in this house and encourage positive ghosts to stay in these bedrooms that she was building for them. Hmm. Now, she had an inheritance of $20 million, so she had an income of $1,000 a day during her time, so she could afford to build this house any way she wanted without concern of cost. She really was not going to run out of money building this house. And the house has turn-of-the-century opulence everywhere. This includes priceless Tiffany stained-glass windows, oaken stairways, uh, the art and the portraits on the walls. Everything was completely elegant in design and plan. Very nice. But it did have its quirks. Okay. So if you go to the Winchester Mystery House, you're going to see the number 13 everywhere. Sarah was completely fascinated by the number thirteen.
1: Isn't that superstitious? Isn't thirteen bad?
0: In in a lot of people accused her of being uh, very superstitious, and but she utilized thirteen in more positive methods, and she incorporated it into her architecture. In fact, there were rooms that had thirteen panels on the ceiling, uh, thirteen windows. There were windows that had thirteen panes. There are thirteen bathrooms in the house. Even a German chandelier that originally was bought had only 12 fixtures, but she purposely had it added a 13th one to it seemingly. Nice. Right. The bell tower that she had was known to toll at noon at 5. This was to summer workers to their meals, but neighbor, neighbors claimed that at midnight the bell would toll 13 times to summon Sarah to her nightly seance in a specially designed blue seance room.
1: I've heard of this.
0: Yes. And the seance room had 13 coat hooks, presumably awaiting the cloaks of 13 ghostly guests. Interesting. The rumor had it that Sarah would steal through the Victorian labyrinth in a passageways that only she understood. And that this room only had one door in, but had three ways out. Okay. So you could be in the seance room and there were three escape passages. One was disguised as a closet. Another dropped straight down into the kitchen sink below. Nice. So the seance room, one way in, three ways out.
1: Yes, but they weren't good ways out.
0: But you could get away from dangerous ghosts that way. Yeah. She always had an escape plan. But while she was in the seance room, Sarah would commune with the spirits for insight on how to construct and design the house. So this is where she got her ideas. The nightly consultations then would result in creating more staircases or rooms that opened into thin air. There were even storage cabinets that only had a half inch of storage space in them. Right. And you also had skylights that were on the floor. So the ideas that came about in the seance room were unlike any that you would see in any other home. Right. After she would receive her ideas for the house, Sarah would leave the seance room each night. She would select one of the mansion's bedrooms to sleep in, and it was a different room every night. She never slept in the same room two nights in a row.
1: So they couldn't find her.
0: Exactly. Everything that uh, was being done in the house gave the impression that she was avoiding evil spirits. Now, Harry Houdini you have you may have heard of. Oh, of course. The escape artist and magician was on a nationwide tour in 1924 to prove that ghosts did not exist. He would visit spiritualists and mediums and psychics and then he would prove their, that they were fakes by proving how they were cheating and how they were faking it. His tour brought him to the Winchester Mystery House and so he was there to prove that there was no such things as ghosts. But... After spending the evening in the seance room, he didn't make any declaration about his visit. He didn't announce to the newspaper anything about his findings, in fact. He was very hushed up about the entire incident, so no one really knows what happened to him when he was in the seance room with Sarah. He never attempted to make any claims that Sarah was a fake or that the house was not haunted. And perhaps the visit even had the opposite effect on him. The famous magician was only quoted as saying, Mrs. Winchester has a vast wardrobe of various colored robes and that she uses a different robe for every spirit. Like, what is that supposed to mean?
1: I don't know. Stuff we already knew.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it, he really didn't say that she wasn't talking to ghosts. Yeah. It made it really sound like Houdini believed that Sarah was talking to ghosts. And something may have shaken his uh, beliefs after visiting the mystery house. Now, this house grew and grew, and it was meant for a large number of people, but the only family to live within the home was her favorite niece, Marion Daisy Merriman. Other than that, it was only her employees who were paid an exceptionally high salary, and they would stay in the home or they would stay nearby she was known to pay very well for her construction people however she would fire anyone who disagreed with her designs or construction ideas so if you would do what she said you got paid very well if you argued with her designs you were gone right now this also explains her ability to build with so many secrets within the home because no one no one person knew all the secrets in the house No one knew what Sarah's final vision for the house or its purpose. She would just present her hand drawings of the plans for the next project from behind her veil. In fact, photos of her during her time in the Winchester home are incredibly rare, and she never did interviews. The ending construction ended up with uh, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 47 different stairways. And of the more than 160 different rooms, there are six kitchens and 13 bathrooms. There are also 47 fireplaces, including eight of them all in the same hallway known as the Hall of Fire. Nice. The purpose of this hall of fire was that she would light the fires in the fireplaces, get it exceptionally hot, and she would use it as a sauna to help with her rheumatoid arthritis. Nice. She had a condition where her hands were so crippled that they looked like claws and was one of the reasons why she was such a recluse. The house has also been proven to have secret passageways and hidden rooms throughout the entire mansion. There are even spy holes to peer out of these secret locations to view people within the home. Sarah was the only person to be aware of all the secrets within the mystery house and took those with her to the death. There's never been any documentation or any actual floor plans that list every passageway, every home, I mean every room or every uh, secret location.
1: So they don't even have one now? They haven't had someone go in and do it?
0: No, in fact, uh, some of this might be because in nineteen oh six the mansion had reached seven stories, but then the top threes toppled in the San Francisco earthquake of nineteen oh six. One part of this earthquake was that Sarah was trapped in her one of the bedrooms during the earthquake. She was in what was called the Daisy Room, which I guessing was designed for her niece, Daisy. Right. But she was trapped in there for hours before the servants located her and then pried open the bedroom door. Hmm. This ability or habit of hers of sleeping in a different room every night kind of lost her in this earthquake. And unfor- I mean, not unfortunately, fortunately she wasn't harmed, but she was determined that the spirits were trying to tell her that she had spent too much on the front part of the house. So she immediately ordered that the front 30 rooms of the house be boarded up to include a magnificent front entrance and the grand ballroom. So after the earthquake, she actually slowed down construction to a crawl and really didn't even do much on repair work of the house. Hmm. Perhaps uh, one theory is is that Sarah was convinced that the ghost caught up with her at last and the destruction of the home was the result. Ah. So she had left the house until it was safe to move back in, but when she moved back in, she didn't have the same drive to continue building on the house. Either she had the goal of defeating the ghost or the ghost defeated her. It's not easy to say. But what is said is that at this time, rumors and stories about Sarah and the haunted mystery house continued after the earthquake until her death. Her niece, Daisy, stayed with her until her death in September of 1922 at the age of 83. Wow. I know. it's a good life. Exactly. For a woman who had so much tragedy early on, she did lead a very full life. And it may have been because of her focus on working on the mystery house.
1: Of course, there's so much mental illness behind this that it's... Sad to say if she did have a good life.
0: (laughs) Well, she did spend her last days with her beloved home and she was surrounded by staff that loved her and her niece who thought she was the world. The house after her death was planned to be forgotten and demolished, except it was leased and eventually purchased to be used as a tourist destination by a John Brown who had a reputation for designing roller coasters and developing amusement parks. Hmm. So, as, so as he opened up the home for tourists to uh, walk through, rumors began to grow that Sarah was using the house to protect herself from supernatural entities. Ghost encounters have been connected with the mystery house. In fact, after her death, more and more stories started coming out. Many of them being employees who may not have ever left the house after Sarah Winchester's death. Some employees who worked at the mansion have been stayed on and appear as an apparition, such as there's a one of a ghost with black hair who is frequently seen pushing a wheelbarrow back and forth through the hallway. And some claim that even Sarah's footsteps have been heard shuffling to and from her room. One modern-day worker was performing some routine repairs in the Hall of Fires. So this is the room that had all the eight fireplaces. Right. And while he was working on it, before the mansion opened up for tours for the day, he was atop of a ladder, and he felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned around, discovered he was alone. So he just assumed it was a trick of his imagination. He returned to his work and ignored the sensation to refocus on his work, But the sensation returned, but this time he felt like a whole hand pressing against his back. He realized that he was still alone in the hall, and he quickly decided to leave that part of the house and let the otherworldly labor finish whatever project was being worked on. Mm -hmm. So there have been staff that are still feeling like there are ghosts within the, the mansion. Right. Tourists who are walking through the home have also reported seeing ghosts.
1: That's why I want to go there.
0: Well, one visitor, actually multiple visitors, have made claims to seeing uh, a ghost named Clyde, who is a mustached man sometimes seen making the rounds in the passageways. He's been described to management roughly as, this is how they quoted it, we really liked the actor who was repairing the ballroom fireplace wearing white overalls and a Victorian bowler hat. Unfortunately, the management then realized that the Winchester Mystery House didn't hire any actor to perform such actions. Nice. So who was it that these tourists were seeing? Awesome. And who is this Clyde? So now uh, we have a house. It's you know enormously built and drawn out there's a lot of rumors of ghosts going in but there's not uh, there's multiple theories as to why the Winchester Mystery House has been built Okay. the first one I want to go over that this house was actually meant to be a ghost trap
1: okay
0: so first off um, it suggested that Sarah was feeling guilty over receiving blood money for the deaths associated with the profits of the Winches- Winchester rifle. A medium provided contact with her husband, who supposedly tasked her with the house to confuse and protect her from vengeful ghosts. You were talking about the number 13 being superstitious. Right. Well, the use of the number 13 in astrology images on the windows located inside and outside of the house play into the idea of blocking ghosts from proceeding freely within the home. So, yes, she was using the number 13, but she was using it in stained glass windows to act as barriers against ghosts proceeding in and out of different areas. Rooms were also designed so differently that they may have lured ghosts into them, but they would trap them within the, the four walls. Okay. So even the seance room had only one entrance that ghosts could follow into, but three methods to escape. And the term labyrinth is utilized repeatedly when describing the house.
1: Well, yeah, because it is one big labyrinth.
0: So, yeah, so you could have ghosts that would wander in and basically get lost trying to find their next victim type thing. So she would lure ghosts in, trap them in these different rooms, and this was done over and over again over the 38 years. Hmm. So it is plausible that Sarah was in contact with her family who provided her with insight into the spirit world and how to protect herself from a curse. And it wasn't until the earthquake that Sarah began to give up on her remodeling of the home. So you could say that maybe the ghost overcame her trap and that the destruction was a result. Maybe there was just too much spiritual energy. And it caused the earthquake that basically toppled the top three stories. Or on the positive side, maybe the trap worked so well that the top three floors fell and basically destroyed the ghost, the negative spirits that was after Sarah throughout this entire time period. Now, the second theory I want to go over, you had previously mentioned, mental instability. Absolutely. Now, a lot of uh, writing about uh, Sarah shows that she was suffering with a lot of, maybe not guilt, but other mental illnesses. There's a book, Captive Within the Labyrinth, that goes into a great deal about this.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually do believe that the guilt is what caused her mental instability.
0: But, oh, okay, and I'm going to counter argue with you that maybe she didn't feel guilty at all Ah. argument being is that if if she was feeling so guilty she's kept collecting paychecks from the Winchester company even though she didn't have any actual power in the company she still accepted paychecks on a monthly basis if she felt guilty then you know she didn't have to accept that money on the other parts of mental instability she was very intelligent she was very afraid of uh, social anxiety, and she did develop, uh, have different parts of depression, especially with so much death surrounding her family. Because of so much death, she avoided social activities, and she even planted large hedges for privacy and became more and more of a recluse. <clears throat> even during this time, uh, mental health was not an established science. Modern medicine has theorized that much of her action does suggest that she may have been suffering from some forms of mental instability. She had an unhealthy fascination with the number 13, and this kind of is one of the symptoms that she may have been an obsessive compulsive. The house was a project to her, and as she kept focused on it and kept changing things on it, this does display that she may have been an obsessive compulsive. She had unlimited number. I'm sorry, unlimited money, and she had the freedom to express her compulsions. The whole sh- the house may not have been her acting out against ghosts, but acting out against her mental trauma, and it gave her something to work on to, basically calm the ghosts of her mind.
1: Ah, okay, that's interesting.
0: Yes. Now here's the third theory I want to give to you. And this one isn't quite as popular or well-known, but as I was reading it, I really wanted to mention it. There is a less speculated theory involving Sarah being a member of a co-ed version of the Freemasons. As her father was a very prominent and owned a successful and powerful carpentry business in New England, he was rumored to have been invited into the membership of the Freemasons. As Sarah's even spent a few years after the death of her husband in Europe, not much is documented about what she did there or where she went. Okay. So it is possible that her tours of the Victorian architecture, her wealth, her Yale-educated mind, and her family may have attracted the Freemasons to invite her to become a member. Why can we prove this with her house? Well, the house, the... The house has a lot of the aspects that uh, you can associate with Freemasons. There have been rumors of Freemasons using secret passages and hidden rooms to hide items of historical or economic power throughout the throughout the centuries, really. Um, it is possible that Sarah was using her home for the organization, and that maybe the twists and turns and hidden passages, were actually being used as part of the Freemasons and the Freemason Society. Okay. Even today, it is possible that among the labyrinth of passageways and hidden rooms, there may be a Freemason secret tucked away within the 166 other known rooms. As proof, recently in 1975, a secret locked room was discovered that had never been notified before. Inside this room were only two chairs and a phonograph. The reasons for this room were never known. And it seemed to be that it was located so hidden within the rest of the house. It was as if Sarah built this room for a specific purpose and then built rooms and hallways around it that effectively hidden it from actually being found. So it took decades after her death before they even found that room so who's to say that there isn't other secret passageways or secret rooms within there that she built for supporting the freemasons agenda so that's another theory is that interesting yeah and that might have been why she never did interviews uh she never talked to the press because she was happy letting everyone think that she was doing this to scare off ghosts when she had another alternative you know motivation behind it right so all together you have the this 166 roomed house with passages going nowhere passages going everywhere and what is your uh, final opinion about what you think of the mystery house
1: oh well, I'm continued to be fascinated by it and I probably will continue to be fascinated by it um there's just so much to learn about it, and I think if I went and saw it, I think that would help.
0: But do you think it's haunted, or do you think it's you know um, just uh, mentally uh, challenged? I think
1: it's just mental. I don't I don't think it's really haunted. I mean the, I mean there there is behind the whole how many people have died from the rifles, but then there's also the people that worked for her that died. So, I mean, okay. very well could be haunted, but I I don't think it'd be haunted by people that were killed by the guns.
0: Well, I'm, in in my opinion, I don't think that yeah, I don't think the the deaths from the Winchester rifle really play into this. I think this is a woman who loved her family, both parts of it, both her natural family and then her in-law family and she wanted to stay connected to them so she would continue construction of this house for them she had such a passion growing up as a daughter to a carpenter that she wanted to learn more and more about victorian rooms and design and carpentry her travels through europe so this became a pet project where she could play and i do mean play uh building a dollhouse of any style or any whims that she wanted. Again, she had unlimited funds to build a house any way she wanted. Right. And she did it. And I think this gave her a connection to her family.
1: Right. I, I don't know. I still, I do believe she felt that she was doing it for the ghost, doing it to survive. I mean, yeah, that's just part of her mental instability.
0: Well, it, might have, it must have worked because she lived to the age of 83. Yeah, so uh, if it if you want to live to the age of 83 then just build 166 rooms and just keep building on your house (laughs) And don't don't care what the neighbors say.
1: Oh, they must not have an HOA
0: Yes, uh, I don't think they had eight homeowners associations back in the uh, turn of the century. Yeah But in today's culture Um, Except for the closure caused by COVID-19, the Winchester Mystery House offers tours on a daily basis, and it became a historical landmark since 1974. Awesome. Right. The house uh, is a tourist attraction and even offers seasonal versions of the tours taken during Halloween and Christmas, which is then decorated within the Victorian styles.
1: Can you stay there?
0: Not yet. Oh. No. No. don't think they've gone that far with it yet.
1: Well, I doubt they will then.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, unfortunately, much of the furniture has gone, so you don't have any of the original furniture from uh, Sarah's uh, home. But they do... Yeah, because
1: didn't Daisy come and take it all?
0: She didn't take it all. Uh, She was the primary recipient to the fortune of Sarah Winchester and received her choice of the furniture and belongings within the house After which everything else was auctioned off. And then another tidbit that I forgot to mention is that the will was actually divided, the recipients of her will were actually divided into 13 parts.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: That's why I said she really had a fascination for 13. And the house does offer a glimpse of the mind of Sarah Winchester, either as a ghost hunter, mentally traumatized artist, or as a secretive member of an ancient organization. Hmm. people are have been fascinated with the ghost aspect of it and there's been a movie produced in 2018 about the supernatural aspect of the winchester mystery house
1: that's good maybe too it's pretty good it's
0: It's, the best well it's called winchester or winchester the house that ghosts built and the film stars helen moran as sarah winchester and it follows winchester as she's haunted by spirits inside of her san jose manchester in 1906 Man, this true. is not definitely not based on true facts. Um, as a lot of the aspects that are pointed out in the movie never happened. Oh, yeah,
1: it's definitely not based on true stories. It's only based on the name and the house,
0: exactly. <laughs> and that their theory was that she was trapping ghosts inside of the house. Yeah, so if you do like ghost uh, haunted house stories, the movie is great. Um, it does play into its own versions of the haunted story with ghosts and you know people being possessed. And it plays into the earthquake of 1906, which, it's, which is when the uh, original home uh, was damaged by the earthquake. There's also a great book for those who want to learn more about the human aspect of Sarah Winchester. It's called The Captive of the Labyrinth, and it tells the story of Sarah Winchester without the sensationalism of the newspaper reports. Uh, Author and historian Mary Jo Ignafo wrote to balance against the rumors that Sarah was a maddened spiritualist driven by guilt. It kind of opens up a lot of the other theories, especially the mental health issues, and gives a better understanding that Sarah was actually very intelligent, she was very articulate, and she just wanted to protect her private life against the chaos of her public life, especially okay. being the heiress of the Winchester Rifle. That
1: sounds like a pretty good book. I mean, I, it's based on, I mean, it's true.
0: Yeah, well, yes, it's okay. totally true. It's okay. based on firsthand uh, documentations Very and nice. so forth. Nice. I have the audiobook.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. So
0: I've been listening to that, and that's where I've gotten a lot of these other tidbits that uh, awesome. are seen here. Well,. Uh, Being sure not to open a door to nowhere tonight, I suppose this is a good time to make our way back out of the mists and bring this episode to a close. I want to give a special thanks to bensound.com for the introduction music, and we hope you enjoyed our stories about the Winchester Mystery House, and we'll come again for another episode. Please spread word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. We appreciate how many of you have subscribed to download our episodes. You really make these episodes worth uh, writing and producing. But until next week when we present our next episode, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely and perhaps a little more curious. So this is Gary.
1: And Goldie Ann.
0: Wishing you the very best and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Keep the lights
1: on tonight.